0: Welcome to the fantasy football podcast, a podcast about, well, fantasy football by me, your host, Daniel Park. If you had previously been subscribed to this feed, it was known as the parking spot. I have decided to sunset that project for now and rebrand as fantasy football. And I'm here to bring you all the most important news, advice, and ways for you to win your fantasy league this year. This first segment, I'm going to call one thing from each game, where I'm going to bring you one important piece of fantasy news, or observation that I had from each game that was played today. So let's dive right in. Game number one, the London game, the Atlanta Falcons versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm going to start out pretty hot with this one, but my note for this is that Bijan is amazing, but might be a sell high unless Desmond Ritter is replaced. Now, you saw in the game today that even though Desmond Ritter was terrible, Bijan still had an amazing output, and it really shows his talent, his ability to break tackles, even simple 3-4 yard gains is super exciting with Bijan. That being said, watching the game, it was alarming how bad Ritter played, especially in the first half. I think the coaches uh, schemed a little bit differently and helped him find some really easy reads that opened up the game a little bit in the second half. But overall, I just think that Ritter is a huge minus and really makes me worried about Bijan's value uh, as we go into the later parts of the season. Personally, I think Taylor Heineke would be a good option to play. I don't think they necessarily see Desmond Ritter as the future, and maybe that's what they're trying to figure out. But from a fantasy perspective, I think Taylor Heineke is more than good enough. He'll provide consistency at the position that will allow players like Kyle Pitts, who is much maligned, Drake London, and of course, Bijan Robinson to see an increase in their value uh, because of the sure-handedness coming from that quarterback position. Game number two, Miami versus Buffalo. My note for this game is that Miami's backfield is going to be very high variance and unpredictable from week to week. Last week was obviously an incredible week for both A-Chan and Mostert as they scored like 50 points each, and we knew that it was going to come down. I don't think we were particularly sure how it was going to come down, though, and I think that's going to be a reoccurring theme for the Miami Dolphins for the rest of the season. Every week, you're going to be in the game of which running back is going to blow up and which running back is going to have a mediocre day. And I think the stress of that is a little too much for me. I'm personally a player that wants to try and get as many dependable high floor players as possible um, and not go for these home run hitters that might win you the week, but could easily lose you the week, depending upon how much you need them to provide X amount of points in a given matchup. That being said, both of these tailbacks are extremely talented. Mike McDaniel's offense is beautiful. And you want as many pieces of a high explosive offense as possible because they can give you those ceiling games that just aren't available for other teams. But again, with my strategy, I really want to aim for players who I feel like will give me a dependable, uh, predictable amount of points per week so that I can plan accordingly versus kind of betting on a crapshoot and not knowing what it's going to end up being at the end of that matchup. So something to look out for. I think Miami's backfield needs a couple more weeks to really resolve itself. And I think we'll have a better understanding. Of who we should target. But for now. Probably hold on. But if you have a good trade opportunity. I would look to offload them now. Game number three. The Vikings versus the Panthers. This game was disgusting. I don't really have too much to say. Except for that Kirk Cousins will be fine. Full disclosure. I am a Kirk Cousins owner. And I was very disappointed in his game today. But I think we have to remember that. These players are going to have up and down weeks. Look like at Patrick Mahomes today. Didn't have an amazing day. So don't be worried. I think he's still going to be a top-five quarterback for this whole season. They have to throw the ball. They really have no run game. And they're going to be in shootouts all the time. So don't worry about Kirk Cousins. Don't stress out. Hopefully your team is good enough that you are able to sustain his bad game. And if you weren't, just know that, yes, he might not put up 28 points every single week. But Kirk will be consistent. You don't have to worry about him. Do not overreact. Kirk Cousins is fine. Game number four. The Bears versus the Broncos. Going into this game, I knew that it was going to be a high scorer. I just felt it 2 bad teams fighting for some pride, I guess. It didn't turn out the way that I thought it would. Um, I thought the Broncos would lose, but my main takeaway from this is that I told you so about Justin Fields. A couple of weeks ago, I posted a TikTok about Justin Fields and how owners should not give up on him yet. And I think this week is the indicator that better days are ahead. Um, I don't know if he'll be the starter for the full season. Maybe if they are truly going for Caleb Williams, they think that playing Justin Fields gives them the best chance to lose. It's a little counterintuitive, but while Justin Fields is on the roster and is playing, I think he will be a top 10 fantasy quarterback. He started out slow last year, started out slow this year, but I think once the play calling adjusts a little bit and caters back to what he's good at, which is that read option, letting him use his legs more. And, again, it's debatable whether coaches were preventing him from doing that or he wasn't making those reads on his own. But today gives me hope that Justin Fields will be okay, uh, and that means DJ Moore, Cole Komet, Roshan Johnson, all of these Bears skill position players that we were really high on coming in come back with that value. And so hopefully you held on to them, uh, not just Justin Fields, but the other Bears players. And if you're interested, I would try to target them in some trades, as I think they will have a lot of value later on in the season, especially as you start looking at To the playoffs. All right, I was told by my producer, which is me, that I need to speed up. So game number five, the Browns versus the Ravens. I know for this is is Deshaun Watson actually good? The Browns' skill position players struggled mightily uh, with the rookie quarterback in there. The Ravens' defense is okay, uh, but they've given up a ton of fantasy points to a lot of other teams. And I think that the Browns actually have good players. They have a great defense. No reason for them to be so bad today. I think it comes down to the quarterback. Uh, Deshaun Watson may be actually pretty important for the Browns' success this season. Game number six, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Houston Texans. My one note, of course, is get on the C.J. Stroud train as soon as you can if it hasn't already left the station. And I am the conductor, and I'm saying it's here, so get on. C.J. Stroud looks good. He looks like an NFL quarterback. Poised, can read defenses, makes the right read. Um, which one of the skill position players will pop off is probably the question most people will have to consider. Today it was Nico Collins. Last week it was Tank Dell. I think what that says is that CJ Stroud does not force anything, but really looks and finds the open receivers. I think they'll all be playable. It'll just be a little bit of a variance issue with some really high weeks and some low weeks. But if your team can afford that, I think you ride with them because I really believe in CJ Stroud. Game number seven, Puka and Kyron will have value post-Cooper Cup's return. Puka obviously had that game-winning touchdown. Kyron has just been a bell cow in for pretty much every snap that the Rams play. I know a lot of people are worried about what's going to happen when Cooper Cup comes back, but I think that both of these players have shown that they have a ton of value and have a ton of production and should continue to get the ball even after Cooper Cup comes back. Game number eight was an NFC South showdown between the New Orleans Saints and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. My note for this one is that Alvin Kamara was a steal for whoever drafted him. I know everybody was, not concerned necessarily, but just curious as to what he would look like. He did not really look like himself in the last couple of seasons. But off of this game, it looks like he's going to be a really dependable figure for Derek Carr. Derek Carr loves his little dump-off passes, and Kamara was eating those up all day. Excited for anyone who has Kamara. Looks like he's going to be one of those top 10, top 20 running backs again for the rest of the season. Next, we have one of the most surprising outcomes of the day, uh, Tennessee Titans beating up the Cincinnati Bengals. I think the Bengals issues are a whole separate podcast, and you heard a little bit of Jamar's frustration in an interview after a game. But the focus for me here is that Tennessee's burial was a little bit premature, especially as it relates to Derrick Henry. I think you saw today that he still has the burst, he still has the speed, he's still going to be a top 10 back at the end of the season. And if you have him, you should feel good about having him. And if you're able to trade for him, congratulations. I think that Derrick Henry continues to be a must-play every single week. Next, I have what I consider to be one of the weirder games of the day, which was the Raiders versus the Chargers. I think that without Jimmy G, it's hard to really evaluate the pass catchers on the Raiders, but I think what we can say is that Josh Jacobs' stock is going up. I know people were very frustrated with his performance at the beginning of the season, but when you have someone who gets pretty much all the carries in a given backfield— only a matter of time before they even just stumble into some points because of touchdowns or when they're actually good football players like Josh Jacobs is you see their talent went out for those of you who are frustrated by Josh Jacobs I hope you see this as a sign that his days will be better that you can trust him to be a dependable RB1 for the rest of the season game 12 was also another snooze fest we had the Patriots against the Cowboys it seems like the Cowboys love to beat up on these bad teams with their defense I think my one takeaway from this game is that Jake Ferguson is a top 10 fantasy tight end Uh, It's no surprise, Dak Prescott loves utilizing his tight ends. It doesn't really seem to matter who the actual player is. It's just that position on the field. Dak Prescott is going to target Jake Ferguson a ton. It was seven targets today. It was seven targets the week before. Jake Ferguson is going to be a dependable, consistent tight end option in a position that is just high variance all the time. I think Jake Ferguson is going to be as dependable as they come. Feel free to start him every single week and feel good about what his production is going to be. Next up, we're going out to the Bay Area where the San Francisco 49ers beat up on a division foe, the Arizona Cardinals. There is only one note that anyone should take away from this, and it is that CMC is most definitely the best player in fantasy. It's always a caveat with his injuries, and unfortunately, that will always exist with him, but it looks like he's healthy. And in this offense, with that talent, Christian McCaffrey might set records um, in fantasy this year. It's super exciting to watch him play. I think everyone should just be glad unless you're going up against him that Christian McCaffrey is healthy. I'm super excited to see what he does for the rest of the season. Everyone prayed to the fantasy guys that he does not get hurt. Finally, the Sunday night football game, the Taylor Swift extravaganza, the Jets versus the Chiefs. My one takeaway from this is that Zach Wilson may have some life. Whether it's play calling or confidence, Zach Wilson looks like a totally different quarterback. And I'm excited about that because that means Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, maybe Lazard. All these players become viable options again in fantasy. So let's hope That Zach Wilson builds on this and that the Jets players become people that you feel confident playing again week to week. And that's it for the first edition of One Thing From This Game. I want to take this time to thank you all for listening through this podcast. Please like, subscribe, and rate it on Spotify. Send it to a friend and have them do the same thing. Later this week, you can expect the podcast on waiver wire pickups, best matchups of the week, as well as my positional ranking. Whatever it is, I can promise you that it'll be a good time. So thanks again for listening to the Fantasy Football Podcast.